son of a bitch, I'll be right there. Oh, that's a great way to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> did they, right, did we catch that live? Oh, yeah, oh, we boy. caught that one live. All right, ladies. All right, there it is. There it is. We have no idea what we're talking about. We had to have a last minute, really, really last minute reschedule. So let's see where this show kicks off. Let's go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Yeah, that was <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> no, dude, that one actually sounded perfect on my end. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's why it was off because it was unperfect on my end. But uh, I, you know I, what? I don't know. Perfect is the enemy of done, son. <clears throat> we're doing it. We're doing it. So uh, I don't know what we're talking about today, but uh, I'll just I'll just start by sharing, man. Uh, it, it it's kind of tough uh, owning a business sometimes. Dude, like super. One of the things that I am uh, working on, or I you know it, call it a character flaw, right? A, a character flaw that. Uh, I'm I'm also a people pleaser, very much like uh, this this person that I'm thinking about uh, that that works for us here. Um, very much a people pleaser. I want to make people happy. I want people to be happy working with us. You know, I, I talked yesterday about uh, one of the our, our our pillars is to make things as easy as possible for agents to write and submit new business with us. And so when they're telling me that they're dissatisfied with something, like my mind is immediately in how do I fix this mode? How do I make this person happy mode? Um, so like that's that's one side of of where I am what and what I think about. And the other side of, of where I am and what I think about is how do I systematize everything? How do I continue to make things more standard. I hate doing business or building a business on a case by case basis. I don't think like that that's the right the, way to go. As the uh, business rolls in, you're saying, right? Yeah. As the business rolls in, you know, we get a new producer on board and creating special rules for this person and special rules for that person. And, you know, I, I don't like to do that. I like to have a very standard model. These are the rules. This is how it works across the board you know, either you're in or you're out, you know, like that's, that's what I want it to be, but I'm also human and I like people and I like working with people and I like to make other people happy and I want other people to be happy working with me. So I want to, you know, have that relationship. I want to be personable. I want to uh, be able to be flexible and say, you know what? Okay. I understand where you're coming from. Let me see how we can adjust for you. Yeah, so I'm like caught in these two conflicting, conflicting ideals, ideals. So we've been talking a lot about lately, you know, the team and having the, that was kind of going to be today's show, by the way, it was going to be about hiring process, recruiting people and, and building that, that team. Um, and so I had that kind of thought process in, in, in my mind when, when I was getting ready for today. And it, it seems to me like when you customize, like when you're trying to be all to please all you're taking away from that ideal client, like who is your ideal client? I think mm. your system that you're building has to coincide with 
the person that you're trying to recruit. And if the person who shows yeah. up and is interested in being part of our program, um, they need to fall in line with the ideal client that we're looking for. Otherwise, it's simply not a good fit. So basically what you're saying is we need to take this all the way back to our recruiting and say when we're recruiting, the person that we're recruiting needs to check these boxes. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it, yes. Part of it is, is yes, you you should be fishing for this type of, you know, and you think of the fishing analogy, right? You got to take the right bait for the right fish, right? So, so yes, we have to have a checklist of who we want uh, as our ideal client uh, on the recruitment side. So the people who are out there doing the fishing. So as we're looking for different agents to work with us in our agency, we should be checking off a few boxes like, you know, do we want this person to have experience? Do we want this person to have an existing book of business? Do we want this person to have a, a license in another field? Um, do we want them to have a specific background or are they a specific age group? You know, like I, I know you can't always deviate from, from, you know, discriminate in certain things. However, if you can really focus in on who your ideal client is, and create a program for that ideal client, mm -hmm. then everybody else who comes to the picture and they're like, hey, can we change this? Can we change this? No, this is how we run things. This is how we operate. And they're either going to do that and modify how they do business to to meet our our, our systems, to meet our, our processes, or they're not. You know, it's and funny, that's man. okay, too. You know, what's funny is is you're sitting here talking about the ideal client, the, the ideal yeah, I guess it's my ideal client. So we've we've talked about this before. Um, the agents that we have that are part of Pipeline Insurance, their customers are the end users, right? They're the people that are actually buying insurance. But me, in my position, my customers are not the people buying insurance. My customers are the agents. Mm -hmm. And so in my Junto meeting on Tuesday night, uh, one of the things that I was challenged to do was to determine or identify uh, who my ideal client is, who is my ideal agent. So we're sitting here having this conversation and it's bringing me right back to that. And, you know, it kind of makes me think, you know, I, I, I am where I am now. I can't go back and like erase the people that we have, you know, and just like stop working with them or anything. But definitely going forward, uh, I think it's it's probably a good idea for us to say, hey, look, these are these are the the metrics that recruits have to meet. If they don't meet these metrics, then we don't even we shouldn't even try to recruit them. Well, it, on the one hand, you never know how people can change themselves to meet uh, to un go under our umbrella, right? So they can change the way they do things and and conform to our processes, to our systems, and that's fine. That's totally cool. But what I'm saying is. Um, for example, when we go, when we get somebody who's who's on the show, and we we think, look, this person I think would be a great referral source for insurance. We should go after this person, and 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 we we start talking about, you know, how do we structure something for this particular individual? I think we should scratch that. I think there should be a process in play, and rather than trying to chase the dollar that that person represents, chase the profile that we're looking for. Yeah, look, this is who we are. This is what we have on the table. We have this, this, and this. You can choose from, you know, in other words, it's kind of like the the whole um, bowling analogy with the bumpers on the side, right? Like this mm -hmm. is your lane. You can move anywhere in this lane. You can go left to right in this lane, but you have to be in this lane. So which, which bowling, path? by the way. 
I know. It's anything social, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, bowling comes all the way from when I was living in Vegas, man. I was in a bowling league when I was in Vegas. I know. And can, uh, my average actually... was up to like 170 or something like that. It was pretty, pretty decent. I know I have a hard time breaking 100. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Anyway, totally off topic, but, uh, you know, getting back to it. So you can move anywhere inside this lane but you have to stay in this lane you have to stay in this lane and and the thing is uh what you're thinking about and what you've been stressing about today is you're trying to create a whole new lane for somebody rather mm -hmm. than just specifying this is our lane this is what we do this is right. how you can this is this this is it like be creative in this space how do you generate more in this space you know what i mean um and, and you can even think of that internally too so on the one hand, uh, when we're talking about uh, cutting hours or shifting timeframes or whatever, maybe it's not the hours as it is during this time. This is how you can generate revenue with the existing stuff that we have. This mm -hmm. is how you spend the time so that, you know, that time that you were normally going to cut out instead of cutting it out, it's now pointed at dollar productive activities that could multiply the amount that you're paying out. And that would make up some of the difference. Right. That would be a, a, a different point of view where rather than cutting out your your staff's time to cut costs, you're reallocating the time to bring in revenue. That's mm -hmm. that's important. And then, you know, it usually in almost any business that we look at, the problem is not the expense. The problem is the revenue. You can cut expense. But at some point we need to focus on how do we generate more revenue? Right. And. and and in our case, we have a pretty extensive book of business that we could be growing within, mm -hmm. right? So if we're looking at our at our own numbers and in the organization on the policy count per person, per client, like how could we increase that? If we focus our, our the attention, that downtime that you would have cut out in increasing that per uh, policy count per per client, then that's okay that you have that person on board because their hours are being uh are, are not being spent they're being invested you know i'm kind of glad that you brought that up the way that you did because it's a conversation that we were having yesterday too um you know is we were talking about putting people in the right seats and part of that seat reassignment is focusing on the business that we currently have and making sure that it's uh, being properly maintained, you know, getting in there and uh, focusing on the renewals for customers that don't have an assigned agent. Yep. And so that's, that's exactly where the opportunity lies and yeah, no, good thought. I mean, and that, that, that kind of takes away, it solves two problems, right? It solves the problem of, of the allocation of time and it solves the problem of finding another revenue source. And, and again, it's just a different perspective, right? If, if we go straight to cutting, I mean, uh, you know, I remember um, it was, uh, I think it was Peter Taunton was on the show and he was like, e eventually you're going to have, you're going to be cutting with like a scalpel and you're going to be really slicing away where there's nothing really left to cut. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we don't want to get to that point. We want to empower our people. This is your lane use this lane as creatively as possible. And we should always look at it as that way too. Like, yeah, you're close to the edge here, 
but you got all this other side that you can be working on. Let's work on these things and, and let's track, let's see how well you're doing and then justify it. Right. Like, are you, is it working after a certain amount of time? And, and we'll go from there. That's good. That's good. I mean, that kind of puts me in, in the same frame of mind. Um, I mean, I, I was sitting here thinking, okay, you know, th this person wants, uh, you know, an extra commission basically for, for customers that she, that she writes, that she sells, you know, uh, and we, you and I, and, uh, Jimmy and Armando, and, you know, we've, we've had this conversation in the past and it's, you know, when we're paying somebody hourly, we don't want to structure a commission base, structure a commission. Right. right. So you know, getting, getting past that, getting over that hurdle is that's where I'm at. You know, that's like, well, that's here's, like, here's, here's the, the thing about, about what, what people are saying and what you are hearing are, are two different things, right? Um, so you're hearing they want commission, but they're saying they I need more, more income. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter where it comes from, what you mm -hmm. call it. The bottom line is I want the capability to earn more. So here right. is how you do that. That's what I, no, 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 no. And that, that is where my, where my thinking was. And that's why I was telling you, like, I, I'm honestly, I, I was going to dip out on, on this show. Uh, FYI, everybody listening, uh, I was, dude, I almost had you. <laughs> I was going to do the intro and then dip out. Uh, but, you know, since our guest canceled, I, I felt bad leaving Nan here all by his lonesome. Uh, and, you know, all you folks listening would be bored out of your minds. So, you damn, know. Damn. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right there, dude. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. No, 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 no. Um, but, uh, but that that is where my mind was that it, it's my mind was racing and okay i understand what you're saying you're not saying i want to earn commission you're saying i want to make more money I, I i need to make more money and so like that's that's where my mind was like um here's here's a a a book recommendation for everybody out there the book is called decisive i don't remember off the top of my head who the author is but i'm looking it up right now it is uh chip and dan heath so uh this book decisive talks about uh this this methodology they call multi-tracking and so it's just a matter of sitting down and like writing out a bunch of different options uh and as opposed to like doing a pros and cons list and saying which one's better which one's worse it's like kind of letting them all play out or at least the initial stages letting the initial stages of them play out and seeing you know which would work best um so i mean there's just there's there's a bunch of different ways of of coming to a decision and uh, i really liked that book i think i'm actually gonna have to sit and and listen to it uh a second time through because because i feel like i'm getting hit with a lot of uh hey you need to make a decision about this i this is my issue this is my problem make a decision to help me yeah yeah well welcome to uh leadership yeah right <laughs> welcome to running the ship i mean honestly it's oh, nothing more than putting out fires all day long and 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 the truth of the matter is uh, oftentimes mm. you're just gonna have to be able to uh decide 
and understand that each decision, you're going to have to let it play out a little while and then modify it and adapt it. That's the beauty of, of being in charge is you can change your mind. Like I was having this conversation earlier today, uh, with, with Michael, actually, Michael came by to check on his car and, uh, and we were talking about, uh, Donald Trump actually. And, and he was saying, and he was like, he was like, you know, I listened to what he's saying in the morning. And then by the time I hear it in the news in the afternoon, they turned it into something else. Like he didn't say it like that or, or, or it's not the same. And I'm like, well, but you got to understand, like he's in the highest position of power, no matter what he does, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, there's going to be people on both sides of the equation. And they're going to take what he says as rule and point it in whatever direction. Every president goes through that. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what side you're on. Right. And, and here's the thing though. When a president changes their mind, the other side hounds you for that because mm-hmm. you already said this. Like once you say it, it becomes law and that's the only way it's going to be and you can never change your mind. But the truth of the matter is you've come across some additional information and mm-hmm. now it's changed your perspective on something. So we're changing our approach to something. And that's okay. When you're at the highest levels, you get the biggest critique for when you change your mind. Right. But you just kind of got to put that behind you and say, look, this is at that moment in time, this was the situation that I saw. This was the best information that I had. I made a decision. Once we've implemented that decision, this is what I saw. This is the new information that I have. I am now changing the process. And it's okay to do that. Right? It's okay to make a change at some point. Right. And and not everybody is going to like it. It's okay to make changes, definitely. Uh, but I definitely also do not want to waffle back and forth you know um one of the things i i I had this open conversation uh with with our with our staff member about that role change i said look this is what i'm thinking and i kind of want to get your feedback you know and it's not anything that's necessarily set in stone yet this is just kind of you know where i'm thinking and and you know where where my mind is on things right now and what i don't want to do as a leader is say okay this is the change that i'm making and then a week from now saying you know what i'm changing it again and going back to this and then a week from then changing it again you know what i mean yeah, but you did actually do you did something really good is is you laid your cards on the table. It reminds me of like Eminem, for example, you know, at the end of eight mile, he's like, I am white trash. I do look yeah, like yeah. a bum. Right. He's laying it all out. This is everything about me. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn. So you you did kind of the same thing. You're like, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Give me your feedback. I have to make a decision on this. Right. This Heart on the sleeve. Yeah. Yep. But it's not about it's not about, heart. It's, it. about it's about making the most informed decision that you can and mm-hmm. it involves that individual so like the fact that you laid it on the table the next step you can take when you make a decision is remember what we talked about this is what i want to try let's set a time period on this and i want to see the results if it works out good then we're going to go in this direction if it doesn't then i'm going to switch to this direction and it's it's okay to change your mind the the thing you're always concerned about is how it's going to affect that other person or how it's going to affect their their role or what the goal is that they're trying to achieve like are they going to be in line with the goal that you're trying to achieve so if you lay it out on the table and and show them that this is the end goal this is what we're trying to get to and these are the paths that we that i think can get us there we're going to try this one first and we're going to see what this results. And, and this is if we can hit this metric or if we can hit this goal, then we're on the right path. We're going to keep going with that one. If we can't hit this goal or if, we, if, it's, if it doesn't work out, we're going to modify to this. Makes sense. Because that's, 
and, and it again it's it always it's always weird because at least this way you have buy-in right the the other person even if you don't do what the other person said the other person feels heard mm-hmm. right? and that's and that's that's what good leaders do my principal at, at, at ASIC does the same thing he's like he has an advisory council right but he lets them know you're an advisory council you're not the decision makers i ultimately i'm the decision maker but i come to you because i value your opinions your expertise and and you're in the role of the things that you guys do so i'm going to take in that information but i'm going to make a decision and i'm going to tell you this is the reason why i'm making this decision this is what the goal is and this is where we're intending to go and so once i make that decision as a team this is our lane now you still have creativity in your classroom. You still have creativity in in this area, but from this bumper to this bumper, this is where we're staying. That's <laughs> your lane, right? Be as creative as you want in that space. SMRT. Ooh. San so Diego is now in phase two. What changes can we expect in our day to day? I have not done a ton of research in this whole phase two, phase three. I have heard that they're trying to even fast track phase three. But one thing that I do know, one thing that they have mentioned is some restaurants are starting to open up again. Yeah. Um, Yesterday, um, I was hanging out with the wife here after the show. And she's like, I didn't take anything out for dinner, but I got this craving for In-N-Out. Do you want to go to In-N-Out? I was like, yeah, of course. Who am I going to say no to In-N-Out ever? So we, uh, you know, family outing, we all hop in the car, take the kids to McDonald's because for whatever mm-hmm. reason, the kids don't like In-N-Out. But anyways, we go to In-N-Out. Hey, I'm man, about- I, was, I was that kid. It's cool. I know. Weird. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, uh, so so we, we go to In-N-Out. Luckily, it wasn't a long line. But as we were in line, uh, one of the workers came out uh, and he, he, you know, knocked on the window. He's like, hey, it, just so you know, the dining room's open. If you guys want to place an order, you can't eat inside but the dining room's open and they hadn't been open, you know, for quite some time mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, some of these phase two changes, I think are, are, are I think we're, we're going to hit the floodgates pretty quickly because I think people are fed up. So this gives them a little bit of an extra oomph to go out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think it's good for our first society as a whole to be able to get out there and do something different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like not be in house the whole time to walk outside and see people. I still feel like the creepiest thing about whether you're at a restaurant or whether you're with friends and family, whatever, is that whole mask thing, dude. The mask thing blows my mind. Like, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel like, I, like people are taking a deep gaze into my soul because all I can see is their, <laughs> their eyes, dude. It's so weird. <laughs> And and it's it's they're probably looking at me no different than ever before. I just feel like it's such a deep gaze because because all you see is their eyes. Now, dude, uh, today I listened to the uh, to the Joe Rogan episode with Elon Musk. They did a part two, um, and and just hearing you know what what Elon thinks about the whole coronavirus pandemic thing. And I mean, he's he's along the same boat as me. Dude. He's like, look, we overreacted to this thing. And he's like, you know, he literally look at the numbers and he's like, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, our reaction to what happened doesn't make any sense. But Joe, Joe, on the other hand, he said something that was pretty, uh, I thought it was, it was insightful. He was like, at least this is like the first time around, right? Like this is a good dry run of if something were to happen, how we would have to react. And hopefully nothing mm-hmm. ever major happens, but at least we have something in place where we can figure out like you know everybody knows what to do 
which is cool. Yeah. So the last the last report that I saw said we are over five million total cases like in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and something like three hundred and thirty thousand deaths. Mm-hmm. So it's you know still a seven ish percent um death rate. Um, but yeah, I, I did we overreact? I don't know. One, one thing ish percent death rate. See, yeah. of the of the three hundred thirty thousand of which, see, and here's the thing is is of the, of the five million three hundred thirty thousand died. Of the in of those three hundred thirty, I'm wondering how many of them were were coded COVID mm-hmm. when they had cancer, when they had heart conditions. So when they had here's diabetes. here's 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 another thing though, right? Um, to to that argument, um, when the AIDS pandemic was happening in the eighties, people didn't die from AIDS. They died from pneumonia. They died from a cold. They died from the flu, but their bodies weren't able to fight those diseases because they had AIDS. So how many people died from COVID, you know, because they had cancer, because they had diabetes, because they had all these other things. COVID just was like the extra thing that pushed them over the edge. Here's another statistic I, I, uh, I saw the other day. The average death of, of a person that had COVID was on par with the average death of a person who doesn't have COVID. <laughs> Probably. So, like, so, so the question is, you know, going back to it is, did we overreact? I don't know. I don't I think, think any of us really know. I don't. Yeah. I mean, one thing that that somebody said is you know um the cdc gets paid billions of dollars to do the amount of research that it does mm-hmm. right the cdc who right they all get a ton of money to do the amount of research that they do and frankly i'm going to trust their research and their their results their recommendations over my google search fair we hope we hope that's just you know that's just my thoughts um but i think you know going into phase two here there's going to be uh a resurgence right i think that we're gonna start to see uh more cases um and hopefully it doesn't lead to you know another lockdown hopefully we just you know start to continue to to open up phase two leads into phase three and then by the end of the year you know we're all having thanksgiving dinner and christmas together because i'm pretty sure that regardless of this whole stupid covid thing like when thanksgiving comes we gonna oh, have moms. thanksgiving yeah yeah, oh, yeah. moms like that's absolutely happening. yeah <laughs> you are not stopping me from eating mom's crescent dinner. rolls Crescent rolls. <laughs> Jeez. I don't understand. Thanksgiving's like my favorite holiday of all time. Exactly. There's no exactly. presents involved. It's just family. So phase <laughs> two, out. phase two is gonna is it's gonna see, you know, I think uh more more cases, and we're gonna start hearing that the numbers are going up and uh you know it might scare some people. Uh we're gonna start seeing restaurants opening up. I've heard of uh a lot of I, I've heard that Fifth Avenue up here in Hillcrest. They're going to start uh, shutting the streets down. Oh, and I think India Street in uh, Little Italy. Uh, they're going to start shutting the streets down and allowing restaurants to serve food outside. 
Oh, so you can have that six feet of distance. So you can have that six feet of distance and a lot more, a lot more space. So, um, so there, there that's, you know, that's going to be cool. Uh, we're going to see some, some boost to the economy, the local economies, you know, and that's going to be great. Uh, retail stores are going to start to open up. Um, and it's, it's crazy to see, um, it's crazy to see how many retail stores have shut down. Um, and what is mom going to do if she can't cook Thanksgiving dinner? Exactly. Man, mama go crazy. <laughs> She's not going to not cook Thanksgiving dinner. Right? Oh, right? man. What are some clever ways businesses are adapting to the six-foot policy? Dude, I don't know that they've... Uh, I, I I'll tell you what I've seen some cool stickers on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you go to Little Caesars, there's like pizza slices, yep. right? Like like Walmart has their own decals. Uh, and and if anything, it's it's uh it's allowed. I think more so, it's allowed your companies to adapt to uh, a system of shopping, a system of restocking, a system of of letting customers in watching their their you know like i wonder like how many how much stuff gets stolen or not get stolen like do you feel you're being watched more now when there's fewer people in the store than outside i'll tell you some and and here's another here's another thing i don't know about the six foot policy i think that's that to me was kind of irritating like and it's only because i had a, a bad experience when i went to to a walmart i went to the walmart here in national city um, where you line up, they have uh, those easy up tents all the way down the line, all the way across. So you're always in the shade. I went to the Walmart in Eastlake and I stood in line for like 45 minutes to get into the Walmart and there was no shade and this bald head mm. don't do good in the shade. And I was wearing all black Ooh. because I don't know why I just happened to be wearing all black that day. And and so it sucked. I mean, once you get inside the Walmarts, once you get inside the stores, the shopping experience is way better, assuming the the shelves have what you need to, uh, need to get. But the you know getting into the store and people are very courteous and you know you're 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 doing everything you're supposed to do. But the getting into the store process is horrible. It is it mm-hmm. it still sucks. So I hope this phase two actually opens that up. Uh, and as far as keeping six feet, uh, uh, actually I saw the I saw uh, an article the other day that the CDC is now taking back. Um, and I don't, I didn't do research on this to see if it was true, but they're taking back the fact that the, the virus spreads on surfaces. So I was like, huh, that's some crazy stuff right there. Huh? Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, that they're saying it doesn't after all. Now I didn't do any research, so I have to, I have to look that up. I just read it in, in, in one of my searches that I was looking to, I was like, what? I just happened to be looking at other stuff at that moment, but I was like, no way. And I don't know, it could have been like an onion or something, <laughs> an onion article yeah. for all I know, but, <laughs> but that would, that would change things around. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you one more cause we're going to cut out for time. Um, I'm wondering how this whole, um, hydrochlorophyll or whatever that thing that people no, are taking. That, um, I just looked at, I just looked it up by the way, USA Today, ABC seven, uh, CDC gives new recommendations to safely reopen, says coronavirus does not easily spread on most services. What? You see well, what right. I'm saying? Like, like, all right. Yeah. So, so that whole thing, the whole six feet apart, like you can't touch my stuff. I can't touch your stuff. Do I have to spray down everything that comes over Amazon? Like overreactions. Overreactions. Yep. But, but I'll again, tell you this, you know, we're safe. 
maybe it's better to overreact than to have not reacted enough. Adrian says, no apology, no apology. <laughs> no apology. Just yeah, saying, no, maybe it's better to have overreacted than to not have reacted enough. You, you never know. It could have been uglier. It could have been could scary. Could have been. It could have been, been. and and we we won't know, but we took the steps that we did, and like I said, I and I've been saying this since, and I've been saying you know, it, Miguel, and I've been saying it. Oh, that's that's one you need to get. get I, I got to get that one too. Huh? Um, but uh, things are gonna get back to normal before we know it. They they absolutely will. <laughs> all right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, and, uh, hopefully actually, let me see real quick. Yep. Adrian says better safe than sorry. I got to make sure that I posted Adrian stuff. Boom. All right. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. And, uh, we'll tune in next time on Friday. You know what I didn't say today, Ham? What's that? S-H-I-T, baby. So So happy. happy It's Thursday. Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.